I met this guy who later became my mentor. His name was Adam Carroll. And one quote that he mentioned at that event changed my life. Uh, he said, Diego, you should build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. Build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And that for me changed my whole mindset. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast, where I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. I'm Sue Saller, and I'm excited to be your host on this journey. I'll be bringing you inspiring stories, practical tips, and expert advice to help you overcome obstacles, set and achieve your goals, and live the life you've always wanted. Together, we'll discover that making small changes is not only possible, but can lead to big results. Join me now as we explore the power of positive thinking, the art of goal setting, and strategies for success. Are you ready? Let's go do this. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast, and I'm so honored to have Diego Corzo with me today. Diego is a 32-year-old DACA recipient from Lima, Peru, a Forbes-featured entrepreneur and TEDx speaker from Austin, Texas. Graduating from college in 2012, he went to work as a software developer, but soon discovered that he was destined for more and pursued a career in real estate. Currently, Diego is a realtor for Keller Williams and owns 32 rental properties. He leads a mastermind called FI Investors, and his desire is to help others, especially millennials and Latinos, achieve financial success and freedom. Diego, it's an honor to have you on my podcast. Sue, thank you very much. It is an honor to be here as well. And I can't wait to chat and uh, give as much value as I can to your audience. Yeah, thank you. Well, let's start with your superhero backstory. Yes. So my superhero backstory has been that um, I haven't let my circumstances, my current circumstances, past circumstances, stop me for achieving what I think is my version of the American dream. Um, one of the things, one of the obstacles that I've had in my journey of, uh, of achieving financial independence uh, has been that I am what Congress calls a dreamer and a DACA recipient. So it basically means that I am undocumented. As a DACA recipient, it basically meant that I couldn't work or drive until I was 22 years old. At age 15, found that I couldn't drive. At age 18, found out that I couldn't um, that I couldn't qualify for student loans or financial aid. At age 19, found that I couldn't legally work here in the United States, but I figured out a way. Um, and my superhero story is, as I mentioned, not letting my current circumstances uh, define me. And at 22, when I got the DACA program, I was able to um, to finally start my journey, right, in working, saving money, all all of that stuff. Uh, bought my first property at the age of 23, 24, achieved financial independence at 26, and became a millionaire at 29. Um, in spite of being undocumented and having all the ups and downs of the roller coaster that has happened in the last, uh, let's say, like five years in, in the United States, um, with the with the mindset that um, that I believe that it is our vision and our goals that pulls us uh, in spite of what issues we might be going through, in spite of the obstacles, in spite of the challenges, in spite of uh, the naysayers or the haters uh, like saying, hey, no, this is not a good idea. Why are you doing that? And so forth. Uh, but I believe that my superpower has been that is the superpower of resourcefulness, of not giving up, always figuring out a way 
to make it happen. That is one of the great things about being in this country is that if you work hard enough, there is always a way to achieve your goals. That's an impressive backstory. Um, and I am sure you've had specific challenges while you were growing up as well. Do you have any like particular stories? I, I remember you telling the story about having to ride the bicycle to work. Would you mind sharing that? Because I think to me personally, that was very inspirational. So I would love if you would share that story with us. Yeah, 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 for sure. So as I mentioned earlier, right, I couldn't qualify to get a driver's license at the age of 15. So my bike uh, was my only mode of transportation. Uh, when I got to college, I had enough money to pay for one year. Uh, but because I couldn't qualify for student loans or financial aid, I got an internship working for free so that I could get experience. They gave me the opportunity to hire me. And as I was going through the hiring process, I found out that I couldn't qualify because I was missing my work permit. So, and because I don't qualify to get that because of my lack of papers. So I, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. So I'm 19, cannot work, cannot drive, cannot do anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna find a way. And uh, I figured out that I could still open up my own LLC in spite of not having the things that were required at that time for me to get paid as Diego Corzo, I could create an LLC and get paid with an EIN number as a contractor. So basically that's what I did. I would go to restaurants and because my major was information technology and management information systems, I was doing websites, web design, websites for small businesses. One of them was like doctors, accountants, restaurants, anything that I could do a website on. And so one of the meetings that I had set up, uh, this was back in Florida in 2011. And uh, the summer, summer months, obviously Florida, it is hot, it is humid. But I had set up an appointment with one of the nonprofits, I believe it was. And, and as I mentioned, my bike was my, own, my only mode of transportation. This was pre-Uber, pre-Lyft. So there wasn't any of those apps that makes life a lot easier now. So I just had to ride my bike. And uh, I remember for this appointment, I had to put a suit, in, a suit and a towel in my backpack and just ride my bike in the summer heat so that I could be there to set up the appointment. And I remember like as I was getting ready, I'm like, oh my gosh, all right, let's go. And uh, I drove however many miles it was to get there. And by the time I got there, I was literally drenched in sweat. And so I parked my bike in the back of the building, uh, dry off with a towel, change into my suit, <laughs> and then uh, and then like, put on more deodorant, do what I had to do to make it like if I had just like come out of a car. And so with that, I was able to, uh, like I would go walk through the front of the building, right? Just like everybody else. And I will do my meeting. I got the job. Let's say I, I, I would show whatever I needed to show on the website. And uh, I would go back to the back of the building, right? Hoping that nobody sees me, that I was walking to the back, right? Coming out from the uh from from that appointment and then uh and then after that changing to my sweaty gym clothes and i was like oh my gosh not again uh but at the end of the day it was those things right that uh that no matter what it's what i had to do to achieve my to achieve my goals and even though it was those like small things that other people would say no this is too hard no i'm gonna give up no why me 
But I remember what my parents, what they told me, right, is that the U.S. is the land of opportunity, but it is up to us to find it. And that my mom always told me, look, you can achieve anything that you want. We may be undocumented. We may have our obstacles here in the United States. But, but if you work a little bit harder than everybody else, you will find a way. And, uh, and that's what I did. I, uh, I was able to find my way into various different situations that maybe I wasn't allowed to be there, let's say. But I always remembered that no matter what through those challenges, right, as just going a little bit extra, I remember that it was because when I look back, it was my parents did so much of a sacrifice to come to this country, to learn a new language, um, to just go through, like to to leave everything and start from zero in a country that they've never known, that, that in situations that, that they've never been. So for me, it was like, look, I'm going to ride my bike. This is easy compared to the situations that my parents had to go through, the decisions that they had to make, right? So when you look at it from that perspective, what I did is just part of the process. I would say you have grit and determination. Definitely. You had a goal and you're going for it. And, you know, you answered one of my questions. I was going to ask you who was in your life who just really inspired you to, you know, just keep going and you understand that, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. You mentioned your parents. Was there anybody else along the way that inspired you? Yeah, well, on on my journey, I would say there's been definitely different people that have inspired me. Of course, my parents. I would say I went to my first personal development event when I was in college, and uh, I met this guy who later became my mentor. His name was Adam Carroll. And one quote that he mentioned at that event changed my life. Uh, he said, Diego, you should build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. Build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And that, for me, changed my whole mindset because of the fact that I knew that I began to ask myself different questions. Again, the power of questions that you ask yourself can change the trajectory of your life. And in this sense, I began asking myself, okay, what do I want out of life? Is it, do I want the life that I get a new car every two years that, I, that, that I'm stuck in the rat race, right? Like just going to work and then just buying things just to buy things, getting the new iPhone every single time a new one comes out, getting the best furniture, getting the new car every two years? Or do I want to choose what a big life might mean for me, which is experiences, being with my loved ones, um, creating memories rather than collecting things? And um, that that for me changed what on, on my path of building a bigger life. I decided that on my path of building a bigger life, I didn't want to work till I was 65 to then uh, to hope that I was going to have enough social security or my 401k or anything like that. I wanted to have that level of financial independence to be location independent, to be able to do what I wanted to do and travel or do, do what I wanted to do at the end of the day and have that flexibility. And, uh, and that is what caused me to invest in real estate. But I would say that Adam Carroll was definitely one of those people in the beginning that gave me that mindset shift that then changed that trajectory of the choices that I made that later got me into meeting with the guys in GoBundance and all of that stuff. But Adam Carroll was a guy that basically gave me that seed 
in reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, in reading Think and Grow Rich, that then expanded my whole mind. You talked a lot about goals and how they change your trajectory. Do you remember those early days where you first started setting goals for yourself? And what was that like? Because we hear goals, you know, like, and people say, oh yeah, yeah, I got a goal, I wanna be rich, but that's not the type of goals we're talking about, are they? They're more specific, they're more vivid. Do you wanna elaborate a little bit on your goals, what they looked like then, what they look like now? Yes, and it, and it's important for everybody to note that like in the beginning, having having a goal, even if it's not the right way to do it, at least it's pushing you towards it, right? So don't be afraid to be like, oh, I'm not gonna set a goal because I don't know how to what a goal is or how to create one, right? But the idea is that you wanna make sure that it is something that you can track. Here's the thing, to make it even easier, there's eight different areas that you can create goals on. You can create areas on health, relationships, spirituality, and personal development. You can create goals on adventure, financial investments, uh, your job or your business, on your environment and tribe, uh, with your friends, stuff like that. And so what I do is I, I try to choose like three or five goals for the year for each different garden of the ones that I just mentioned. And, uh, and be as, for example, as descriptive as possible, right? So it's not like, oh, I want to read more in 2023. It's more, I want to read three books in Q3. And the way that I'm going to do it is by reading one book a month. And that is actually a goal that you can track and measure. That way, if it's the end of April and maybe you're halfway done, or maybe you even haven't started, then you know, hey, you know what, it's okay. I haven't started this, but the goal is to still finish those three books by the end of Q2. So I'm in the month of May, I'm gonna read two books. And, uh, but keeping that, like tracking that gives you the opportunity um, so that there's a metric that you can, um, that you can see if you're hitting it, right? Because if you just say, hey, I wanna read more in Q2, and you didn't read anything in Q1, then by definition, you can read one page of a book that you buy at Barnes and Nobles, and now you have read more, right? So, but did you really achieve it? Did you get what that goal was, right? So it's more important to be able to, as you write goals, that it's something that you can track and measure. Yeah, I was thinking as you were talking about having those goals and having them measurable, it's, there's an acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T, which is, um, specific, measurable, attainable, and I can't remember what the last two were. Yes, uh, attainable, results. Yeah, results, and then time-oriented, like a time constraint on it, like is, is what you were saying, yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about um, how do you handle not reaching or not hitting your goals that you set? Because a lot of us can, you know, be out there. I heard, I was listening to Ed Milet and he was talking about how, you know, the, the way we can build our self-confidence is by not letting ourselves down. And one of those ways we can do that is by doing what we said we're going to do. If we need to take care of ourselves, we go and take care of ourselves. If we set a goal, we go after that goal, we achieve that goal, but there's, there's also reality sets in too. So talk a little bit about a goal that maybe you might've set and, you know, didn't achieve it, what do you do with that? Yeah, so one of the things too that um, that I do like 
um, when setting goals is hitting the goal, right? It may not be as important if you are building the habit that is needed to achieve that goal in the future. So let me give you an example. Um, some people might say, hey, you know what? My goal is to sell 36 houses, right? On the real on the realtor side. I'm I'm a realtor here in Austin, Texas. So if my goal is to sell 36 homes, it is around three, three homes a month, right? But I know that we get paid in real estate like 60 days later from what the work that we're doing today, right? Because if I wanna like there's no way that I'm gonna sell a house in April if I'm talking to somebody that's looking to buy a, like we are, we're recording this April 11th. I'm not going to find somebody that's going to buy a house. Like I'm not going to find somebody today that wants to buy a house in the next 10 days, unless they have cash, which is possible, but uh, the chances are very low, right? But that doesn't mean that I cannot. So understanding that the work that I'm going to do today, I'm going to see the results maybe in late May or maybe even June. I have to understand that if I set my goal to close three homes a month, I'm not going to achieve it. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to close three homes in April if I'm setting that goal in April. But that doesn't mean that I cannot build the habits that's going to help me get to close those three homes a month in the future. What does that mean? It's like you have to know what those habits are. Those habits can be, okay, you need to time block and then you need to have 30 conversations a day about real estate with potential people that are interested in buying or selling or that are interested in investing in real estate so that you can put them in your database so that you can stay in touch with them and help them out, right? So there are certain metrics that you can do that it's better for you to build on those habits so that maybe you may not hit that goal of the 36 in one year, but you know that later, maybe in 2024, you will achieve it because you've become that person that has that has the habits to accomplish that goal. And then you know, be like, okay, if talking to 30 people got me to uh, got me to 36, if I want to sell 48, maybe I need to talk to 40 people instead of 30, right? Uh, and so forth. So those are the important things for me. Even if you may not hit it working on the habits that that allows you to become that person that is going to hit those goals is definitely going to help out. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. And you talked about hitting goals and writing things down. You want to talk about importance of journaling in your life and how that plays into the goal setting that we're talking about. Yeah, 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 for sure. And before I forget, one of the things that um, so I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, Jim Rohn. I've probably seen a lot of his video, like his videos on YouTube. I've probably seen over 50% of them. And uh, one of the quotes that he says uh, that I that I really like is the um, success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success is not something you pursue. Success is something you attract by the person you become, right? So with that is very important to know and this is what i like teaching is and this is what on my journey to become a millionaire when i connected 
with the millionaires of GoBundance, where my net worth was 25,000, this is where the habits come in. And, and we'll talk about the journaling here in a bit, but it's like, it's really important because I became that person. I became that millionaire already when I met the guys, because I built those habits in me. And I knew that with enough time, I will get it. Time is the thing, like time, and you need to have enough patience. You need to have that delay gratification. You need to understand. And as a millennial, it's hard because we want everything like right now, right? We want everything and like we put it in the microwave and we put it there for a minute and a minute and at second 57, we're already wanting to take it out, right? We're not even, even willing to wait that full minute. So the idea is that um, we have to have that delay gratification and understand that as you would build those habits, you are attracting success to come into your life. You're attracting good luck in a sense. You're, you are, you're creating opportunities to get lucky by you becoming that person. And a lot of people tell me that. It's like, how, how do you get so lucky that things like that happen? I'm like, well, it's because it's, it's just like, it just happens because I've put myself within those habits of like connecting with people, having those conversations, being able to help others without expecting anything back. And I think that by becoming that person that achieves financial freedom, one of those habits for sure is like managing your personal finances, right? How are you going to know if you're going to become a millionaire or when you hit a million, if you're not even tracking it, if you don't even know how much money you're making, right? So, um, so those things are very important. But uh, to answer your question on the journaling, it's something that I know that I need to do more of. Um, and it's more on the expanding of like your thoughts, your thought process, how you're feeling. Uh, there are different times in my life that I do it whenever um, uh, that basically when I'm when I'm at certain points of my life or certain experiences have, have, have happened that I journal. Uh, for for example, I in September, I remember one of the times that I journal was when my grandfather passed away. And I just wrote down like the whole experience of like how I felt and and what it was to be like the oldest grandson and being there when that happened and all of that stuff. Um, so it's like it just makes you think and ponder um, of of those things. So it's not something that I do every day, uh, but it's something that that uh, definitely creates opportunities for creativity, uh, creates opportunities for um, just thinking about how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me though, one of the things that helps me and for some people, it also clears up their mind. Um, but one of the things that definitely helps on that is the, it's, uh, for me has been going on runs when I'm running, when I go on a run in the morning or whenever, uh, I just get different ideas. It creates different levels of creativity. I begin to think and all this other stuff. Um, so that's sort of like the same feeling that I get when I journal at times, but I get it while I'm, while I'm out and about doing something that I really, really, really enjoy. Okay. So there was so much in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a fantastic answer. I, I just want to unpack, like you just dropped so many different nuggets along the way. So I'll, I'll hit the first one that comes to mind. Running, absolutely. Number one, I've been a runner for 15 years and there is nothing that clears the mind more than going for a run. All right. So that's the first. The second, and thank you for your journaling. I think to that point, journaling also, uh, you mentioned is beneficial because you can get your thoughts out on paper and to just in just to follow up on the journaling that you did about your grandfather you now have something written that captured your thoughts that you can go back to at some point and you can think about that again and and just remember the experience i found journaling to be very powerful as well if i had important conversations with people and i just jotted down the information that i learned um i found that also was valuable with journaling so you could do it every day or not but it's whatever works best for you you also mentioned about people that you are around and you mentioned go abundance would you mind sharing the story about how you got involved with go abundance and where that has taken you from when it started to where you are now yeah yeah it it has been uh it's been a crazy it's been crazy to see what what has happened um in my life and in other people's lives based on the choice that the guys in go abundance gave me when they when they wouldn't have or they shouldn't have right uh, because so to share the story, I was uh, this was back in 2014 when I was a software developer at General Motors, and I had just become an agent in April of 2014, and uh, I was listening to a podcast by a guy named Pat Hyben, who happens to be one of the creators of GoBundance, and in it, in that podcast, he talks about the power of the mastermind of surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And in that podcast, um, he shared a lot of value. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to learn more. So I reached out to him on Twitter, followed him. I sent him a message and I'm like, hey, Pat, I heard you on this podcast. What is, uh, what is GoBundance? And he shares, well, GoBundance is a mastermind. It's a group of millionaires that talk about health, contribution, financial freedom, uh, wealth. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I went in. And, um, but of course he mentioned millionaires and stuff. So I just, I kept in touch with him and then he had a podcast called real estate rock stars at that time. And, uh, I listened to every single one because it was about real realtors. And after listening to all of them, I, to each one, I would send him a tweet and say one thing that I learned on the podcast or thank him for it and blah, blah, blah. So we started chatting a little bit more and then I go on the website and um, I apply, like I just submit a form just to learn more. I was like, back then it was a form to learn more about GoBundance. So I fill it out. I get on a call with a guy named Tim Rode, who he happens to be the other creator of GoBundance. And uh, after I tell him a little bit about my story, like I'll never forget because when that happened, I was working at GM still. So I stepped out into one of the offices. And I remember me telling him a little bit about me, my story, what I'm doing, what my goals are. And he's like, all right, Diego, let me see what we can do. Um, because GoBundance, this event that we're going to do is for millionaires. So you'll be one of the only ones that's not a millionaire. Fast forward a week later, he calls me back and he's like, hey, uh, if you do want to come, uh, we do have a spot for you. 
uh, we really like your, like, I really like your story. So just come. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I show up, uh, it was in this time is now it's in August of 2014. I show up at David Osborne's house in steamboat, not knowing who he was other than just watching a YouTube video on about him, about GoBundance from back in 2013. And, um, it was crazy because uh, there was, it was only going to be 12 people, right? And I was going to be one of the only ones that wasn't a millionaire. And as we're introducing each other, we had to share where we're from, what are, what do we do, what our net worth was, and how do we get connected to the group? So David Osborne starts, he's like, my net worth is 40 million. I do this, I do that. Now he's worth like almost 200 million. But back then he was worth 40, other guys are worth 10, 5. 15, two, whatever. And when it comes to me, I'm like, hey, my name is Diego. I'm 23 years old. I'm a software developer at General Motors. I own two properties and uh, my net worth is $25,000. And I heard about this on Twitter. And they were like, who the heck let this kid in? Like, why, why, how are you here? And so I shared a little bit more of my story of me being a dreamer, of all these obstacles, right? Of me not being able to work or drive at the age of 22. And at 23, I'm sitting in there in the living room of David Osborne's house, right? Who is like, yeah, like I had no idea. And I was like, my mind is blown after that whole week. I was like, this is amazing. So at the end of the week, they pulled me out to the side and they said, Diego, we created GoBundance for millionaires, but we want to help you become a millionaire. And we want you to be our first apprentice. We don't know where this is going, but we want to help you. Are you in? And I said, yes, I'm in. And my whole life changed from that moment on. Two weeks later, I was flying on David Osborne's private plane and my whole life changed. It was just amazing. And I became a fly on the wall of all those conversations. And that is what helped me. And how did that make you feel? Like at that point, here you are 23, you got two properties and you're on David Osborne's private jet. Yes. I mean, it was definitely like super humbling super like not knowing what was going on but i just went there to serve like i wanted to like just learn serve them and like and take as much action as i could after i was hanging out with them so if they recommended me a book i would buy it and read it as quickly as i could if they mentioned hey diego you should go to tony robbins i went to tony robbins that same year take a speaking class. I took the speaking class, go to this event. I did. So like everything that they told me I did and I just showed up and that made the biggest difference because then by in that one year, I saw that GoBundance guys like from August till December, like probably six different times. And back then we're talking in 2014 where there was usually like one or two events a year, uh, max, but I went to the different events that they will tell me, like One Life Fully Lived, then Tony Robbins, then another event, then the Mega Camp, or I'm sorry, yeah, Mega Camp in Austin, Texas for realtors and all this other stuff that I would just see those GoBundance guys. So then later, instead of me reaching out to them and wanting to introduce myself, they would go, Diego, I keep on hearing that everybody says I should meet you, that you have an amazing story. Tell me about you. So then I had those guys coming to me instead. And I think that that was the biggest thing of how my life changed too, was because I took action and I began seeing results. By me showing results, 
they wanted they wanted to help me even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you were putting the work in. They saw that you were determined to do what they told you and you were on a path. You set your mind really to be a millionaire and look at what it's made of you. And I was, I was thinking about the uh, quote that uh, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. Well, you're living proof. Whatever they told you to do, you did and you were determined. What a great story. I love that story. And along with that, um, I believe I saw on your website, you've met a few interesting people along the way. Was I correct in seeing that I saw a picture of you with, was that Robert Kiyosaki and Ed Milet? Yes, yes. I've had the opportunity to meet Robert Kiyosaki, Ed Milet. Um, yeah, with, with meeting Robert Kiyosaki, it was back in 2016, I believe it was, or 2015. It was crazy because I had just read Rich That Poor That in 2011. And um, I had read that book and, I, and it changed my life. That book like just changed the philosophy of how I view money, how I viewed, how I wanted to build wealth, um, figured out that wealth was something that could be achievable because back then I just didn't know. I was like, I wasn't like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that book definitely made it possible for me in the way that I knew that I could do it by investing in real estate. Right. And instead of trading my time for money, I knew that I could save money so that I could make that money work for me in buying assets that would put money in my pocket rather than buying liabilities. So meeting Robert Kiyosaki was just like an amazing moment because I'm like, hey, it was you who helped me get started. And uh, fast forward now with my 62 doors, 62 properties, um, everything has been with the fact of by reading that book and setting those goals, right? Because I had set a goal to get to 10 properties by age 35. But I wrote that goal when I was 21. So I was like, okay, let me, I'll save some money, I'll work, I'll get to know the market, I'll buy my first house at 25 or 20, 25, and then buy one house every year till I'm 35, that way I'll have 10. And, but I achieved that by age 27. And it was because of the fact of how I surrounded myself with people, especially the guys in GoBundance, that they showed me that way, the way, they basically, when you surround yourself with mentors or coaches or people that are ahead of you and that you're surrounding yourself and taking action, um, a lot of people say that there's no shortcut to success, but there is. If you are surrounding yourself with people that show you a way so that you don't make the same mistakes that it cost them, right? So if it took them 10 years to get to where they are at and they go through the ups and downs of the roller coaster of mistakes and all this other stuff, but then they tell you, hey, Diego, if you follow this, it took me 10, but you can do it in five. It's like, that is a shortcut, right? So that, that's basically what happened. I set my goal of 10 doors by age 35 and then I meet this group and they're like, no, Diego, you can do this much quicker here. Here's how, and boom, by age 27, I achieved it. Um, and it was because of those things. Yeah. You make a good point about, well, we were talking about surrounding yourself with people, um, and that they fast track and there's so many resources out there. I mean, I know you have the FI investors you created, and that is a mastermind to help people in that fast tracking 
kind of way, right? To acquire, learn about and acquiring real estate, basically, hey, these are the things that I've done. These are the mistakes I've made. I don't want to see you make them as well. And we're both involved with Emerge in the Merge Supercharge program. And that pretty much is the same thing that allows us to kind of fast track our way to getting to where we need to be, and sometimes even getting out of our own way. So you bring up a really good point there about taking action, isn't it? What small steps did you take at any point in your life that you didn't think would have big results, but they really did? Yeah, one of them for sure um, was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. Like that book, it's like not many people think that a book can change your life, right? But um, but reading that book, listening to Bigger Pockets podcast, um, that was also really good. Um, and the podcast that basically changed my life was that podcast interview with Pat Hyben. Um, I feel like that small step was not only listening, but it was reaching out to him. Because I bet you that there's so many podcasts that the audience here listens to, but they don't reach out. They're like, oh, that would be awesome to reach out to that person, but he's not going to respond. So I'm not going to. No, I reached out to Pat Hyben and I was like, yo, Go Abundance is awesome. Tell me more. Right. Um, so it was those little steps that when I look back and I connect the dots, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is awesome. One of the other things that I would say, one small thing that I didn't think that it was going to have such a huge impact um, was, so Tim Road has an event or he has a nonprofit called One Life Fully Lived. And uh, in 2014, he had a an event uh, I believe it was in Reno, Nevada. And um, this was in 2014. So I had just gotten to know the GoBundance guys. But it was the same time that my brother Gonzalo, he he's five years younger than me. Um, he called me. He's like, Diego, I'm feeling lost. I don't know what I want to do. I don't like the friends that I'm surrounding myself with. Well, I know that you've been surrounding yourself with people and I've never asked for help in this way. But But I just need a change. So I'm like, Gonzalo, I'm going to this event. It's a nonprofit. How about I'll pay for your entry. I'll pay for the hotel. Mom can pay for your flight and just come and hang out. He was 18 years old. So um, so he, he did. And he came and he attended the whole event. He missed his flight, the first one, because my mom didn't wake him up. And I'm like, Gonzalo, you're an adult. Mom doesn't need to wake you up. And... Um, but what ended up happening was he walked in and he heard David Osborne speak. He heard how Elrod speak, Tim Rode, Pat Hyben, all of those guys speak. And his mind was blown uh, because it wasn't me, his older brother, telling him what to do. Like I've been telling him for the last couple of years. I'm like, Gonzalo, read this, do this, do that. It wasn't until other people told him. And then what ended up happening is that event caused a trigger in him to be like, okay, I want to be wealthy in the future too. I ended up getting him uh, an opportunity to, to volunteer at a GoBundance event, a small one in Orlando, Florida. This is in 2014. And um, he had the choice of either going to take his finals that same week of his first semester in college or volunteer, work for free, 
at a GoBundance event and he ended up choosing the GoBundance event. He, and then he never went back to college after that. He, um, he found uh, a mentor within one of those guys that went to that event. He worked for free for six months and he took that as his college time so that he learned, right? So he worked for free and then afterwards they gave him some equity and then he learned wholesaling real estate in Jacksonville, Florida. And then now, um, now he has a team and he's literally wholesaling millions of dollars in wholesale fees right now. And he's 27. And uh, to answer your question, which was like, what small things? It was like those little things that I didn't think that will make such big of a difference have now impacted that trajectory of the Corzo family. Yeah. And generations. I mean, it's not just you and him. And I mean, you changed his life just by having him go to that one event and how that small step for him changed. And he took a couple of them. I mean, not going to his finals. I knew, I knew your brother was a realtor. I didn't realize he was really a realtor <laughs> and doing very, very well. Yeah. Congratulations to him. Yeah. And then it changes your, changes your family tree, doesn't it? I just, it's just a beautiful story. How just fate happened, but you actually, you st still, at the end of the day, you took action. I mean, all of us are filled with knowledge. We can listen, like to your point, you can listen to podcasts till the cows come home. But if you don't email the person, if you don't reach out, if you don't do anything, then what, what result really are you going to get out of it? So yeah, that's great, great small steps. I hope somebody's encouraged by your story. I know I am on that same line of where you were, here you are today, and a lot of it was fast-tracked, would you want to share your three or five-year vision? Some people do three, some people do five, and you know, just dream a little bit. Where do you think you'll be in a decade? In a decade? Oh man, you said three or five years or in a decade? Well, the three, well, I'm sure, I'm sure you have a three or five year vision on paper somewhere, but then I want to just throw it out there. Where do you think after your three to five year, where do you think you want to be in a decade? Yeah. So, wow. So I'll be 42. So, um, so with that, I don't know if I will be in Austin by then. Um, I might be in Florida by that time. And, uh, but who knows? Either that or in Puerto Rico. I love Puerto Rico, <laughs> um, but uh, but I I still see myself being being in real estate, being a realtor, having the real estate team. Um, I still see myself with that practicing real estate just because I it's something that I really enjoy, and it's something that that utilizing the connections that I've built, uh, we can create so many different win wins opportunities for for everybody in either finding deals or doing that. And I think that I would still be a real estate coach, a mentor, because uh, that's also other things that I enjoy. And I would totally be in a position where I'm traveling for sure around, yeah, around the world. Uh, I am uh, location independent at that time still, uh, being able to choose what I want to do. I would say having kids for sure and not letting and choosing when to work, when to not work, and uh, the, um, the stuff that I want to do now. Um, I get to choose what I want to do for work and what makes me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, then I say no, even if it means that I can make a lot more money. But if 
But if I'm not fulfilled doing it, there's no reason why I would do it. Yeah. Well, you're sitting right now in your new podcast studio. Yes. Yes. So talk a little bit about your podcast if you if you can. Yes. So I'm, yes. So we're going to be launching the podcast uh, here soon. We're going to be making some announcements and everything is going to be it's going to be called the Fi Investors Podcast, the Financial Independent Investors. And uh, because for me, it's it's going to be a way to share a lot of the knowledge that I've gained throughout this journey of investing in real estate. Uh, but also it's going to be a, it's going to allow me to interview, um, bring on my mentors, bring on different people so that they can share on their knowledge and be able to share with people what will get you to become a financially independent investor, but also what happens after, what happens after you become one um, too, because I feel like uh, it is it is a long journey and uh, let's say problems don't disappear. Um, like a lot of people think, oh, once you become a millionaire or once, once you have money, you have no problems. And that's not true. Money is just a tool. So it's not, it's not going to give you happiness. It's not going to give you different things that people think. It's just a tool. So now you get to use that tool in the hopes that it is, that it is a good way, right? And continue investing and continue to multiply it and stuff like that. Buy Investors is my brand with my mastermind, with what I teach on helping people buy either their first rental property or scale the real estate portfolio. And then the podcast is going to be the one where it's going to be more education in the beginning and interviewing people that have achieved that level of FI investors. Yeah. Well, that's neat. I look forward to listening to your podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If you can go back in time to your younger self and deliver a message, what would it be and why? Mm, that is a good question. If I could go back in time and deliver a message, I would say continue to trust the process because there might be times that it's like, hey, continue pushing through. I, I don't think I would change anything other than maybe like, hey, buy houses faster. <laughs> I would say if, if I was to my younger self, I'd be like, hey, go all into real estate in 2020, buy as many things as possible and sell in early 2022. That's what I would do. <laughs> like invest as much in Austin and then sell everything. Um, but no, I would say trust, just trust the process. So trusting the process. And you, I think you mentioned it earlier also, like we don't, nothing is instantaneous really we live in this microwave culture where we want everything really fast i've heard the saying it that goes uh you know it takes 10 years to be an overnight success yes <laughs> so so true so true okay um is there something that maybe you wanted to share that i didn't get a chance to ask you i would just say some something deeper would be um i mentioned the power of questions right but I would say like, what type of questions, right? It's like the power of questions, but okay, but what questions do I ask myself, right? And uh, I feel like whenever we're, we are facing some kind of obstacles or challenges, I feel that it's important to ask yourself different, like there's some questions that we can ask ourselves that can change the trajectory of our lives. One of them is asking us ourselves, like if we ask ourselves, why is this happening to me? We can we may not take 100% responsibility and can blame other people for our situation. But if we ask ourselves, why is this happening for me, then we can look for solutions 
and uh, and try to solve a problem, uh, try to solve the current situation that you're in. So that's why I feel like when you're looking for solutions, you take more the empowered mentality than the victim mentality. If you ask yourself, why is this happening to me? So were you always like that as far as that line of questioning or was there something that you do or read that kind of trains your brain? Because a lot of us don't naturally go there and think about, you know, um, the questions that we ask ourselves and we could go the, down the, oh, woe is me or play the victim mentality. How do you keep yourself from going down the wrong road and then put yourself in the position to ask the correct questions? Yeah, well, it starts with by taking 100% responsibility for what is happening. I feel like taking ownership is one of the main things and the first things that one should do um, when those things happen. And then um, when you take ownership, but that is when you can ask yourself those questions. But to answer your question of when did I begin having that, it happened after I went to Tony Robbins in 2014. But like that's when I had the realization of what I of that's what I learned. But in the other way that I applied it in my life before that was what my parents told me that, hey, we can, you can achieve anything that you want, but with my challenge of being undocumented, I just have to work a little bit harder. So like I knew that, hey, if that was my situation, okay, that's okay. I just have to work a little bit harder and a little bit harder. And, uh, and with that came resourcefulness, came grit, right? So, so it was more that, and then when those obstacles did happen and I began to ask myself different questions, yeah. What are some of the values and belief systems that your parents instilled on you or that you've kind of picked up over the years that are behind you and drive who you are today? Yeah, I would say perseverance is one of them. Uh, perseverance, I mentioned resourcefulness already and um, being humble. I think that no matter what there is, uh, because of the fact that we started with zero uh, here in the United States, I came here when I was nine from Lima, Peru. Because of that, I know what zero is. And even though it's not something that I would like to go back to, it is okay. We survived. It was fine. We still all felt, felt loved. We were happy still, right? And those are the things that my parents instilled in us. Do you, do you remember coming here when you were nine? Do I remember? That, yeah, do you remember what it was like? Like, what are your first memories? Yeah, I mean, coming here, definitely uh, going into third grade was one of those memories of like trying to learn a new language and not knowing, uh, not being able to like speak it and being in ESL. And I remember I would get quote unquote in trouble because the teacher was thinking that I was too talkative, but it was because I was asking people, what did she say? Because I didn't understand English. So she's like, Diego, be quiet. Diego, be quiet. I didn't understand. So I'd be like, what is she saying? What is she saying? But uh, yeah, I mean, it was those memories for sure um, that definitely make you um, appreciate different things for sure. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, Diego, so what's your uh, advice for someone that they could do today that would help them change their tomorrow? Yes, one thing that they could do today that will help them change their tomorrow will be analyze a person that you will like to have, let's say, their life, right? Somebody that you look up to. Um, understand, too, that business life and family life, they're two different things, 
right? So, but make sure that you look at uh, somebody that that you will like that you have them as an example for you, and see what are the key things that they're doing that had that has caused them to succeed, that has caused them to become that example that that you would want to have, and then take actions towards those things, right? You might be able to see them on Instagram and see like, okay, well, these are the things that they're doing uh, and see what kind of habits they have built so that you can build them yourself. I feel like those are some things that you can definitely do um, so that you can achieve that level of success of that example that you gave yourself. Okay, thanks. Um, is there a book that you, besides Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is there uh, any other book recommendations or podcasts? Yeah, um, the book, Think and Grow Rich, The Miracle Morning, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Those are really, really, really good books. I just gave the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind in Spanish to my dad and my mom, and they're loving it right now. So it's good. Oh, that's great. Yeah, how do your parents feel about, you know, your brother and you, you're very successful. How do they relate to that? I mean, coming from Peru with basically nothing. Yeah, I mean, it just, I mean, they are definitely proud of everything that uh, that we've been able to accomplish, the example that they set and the way that we did it the right way, right? From that perspective, we did have uh, sacrificed a lot, right? And showing to to show people too, my parents, they always instilled in us that like that entrepreneurship uh, or like with their actions, right? Because they wanted me and my brother to go to college and to get a good job and and I was doing all of that, right? I got two degrees from Florida State University and I got the job at General Motors, which back then was a Fortune 5 company. So like everything was ready for me to just excel in corporate America and go through all of that. But like climb the corporate ladder, all of that. But I imagine two years later, I'm like, hey, mom, I'm quitting my the job that I went to college for, that I worked so hard for in studying technology and now I'm gonna go sell houses, right? It's like, it's a complete different different thing. Her reaction was like, if this is something that you think you can succeed and that will make you happy, then go do it. And uh, and she's like, look, you can always go back. You've got a degree, you can always go find another job in in technology. That's what my manager told me. He was like, look, Diego, go out there, do your thing, you're 25 years old, um, you will, you can always come back. So go out there and try it out. And so having that support from my, from my parents did, did help. It wasn't by myself, right? I had all the GoBundance guys by that time helping me. So I had like the guidance, the confidence that I could succeed no matter what, um, uh, because they will be my example. Yeah. That makes all the difference, doesn't it? I want to give your mom a hug now because her advice is so counter, uh, intuitive to what I've heard. Uh, that wasn't the norm, normal answer. It was go to school, go to college, get a W-2, work at that for 30, 35 years, and then you can start your life and retire out. I mean, that's kind of the path that I'll, more than not people believe. And so I think that's a very atyp atypical response. So I just want to give her a hug. 
Yes, yes. I mean, they have been our supporters for my brother and I, right? With me quitting corporate America and then my brother quitting college. Are you glad you didn't pursue co corporate America knowing what you know now on the other side? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, because I just felt capped. I knew my work ethic and I knew that if I had a salary, I would still work my butt off, uh, but I feel capped on that salary, which on the real estate side, I really enjoy it. I can help a lot of people and the income is what I set for myself. I, I know a number of people going through Emerge and I've actually interviewed a few that have expressed the same sentiment as you where they were in corporate America and then they just realized this is not who I am and this is not what I want to do and I can be so much more. And you have certainly done that. So Diego, it has been my honor and privilege to interview you. I am so glad you were here today. Uh, how can anybody reach out to you uh, besides your website, Fi Investors? I'll have that link below. How else? Yes. Yeah, so they can reach out to me on Instagram at Real Diego Corzo, at Real Diego Corzo on Instagram. Uh, they can send me an email to info at Diego Corzo, or they can reach out to thefiinvestors.com. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance, it gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.